0: Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Wings of Tumult, Winged Destiny's sequel, written by Philip McCormick. The Travails of Winged Destinies continue. Having survived the best efforts of the Dark Angels to kill him, Marley Fox is conscripted into the British Army along with his companion James Finnegan The two are sent to South Africa to fight in the war against the Boers, the brutality of which swallows them up as they are thrown into battle after battle. In the midst of the war, the Dark Angels send supernatural forces against them, and old enemies from England suddenly appear and do their best to finish off the pair. As enemies old and new close in on them, their survival is very much in doubt. Only their courage and fighting skills against seemingly insurmountable odds keeps the two comrades going. Will they manage to stay alive as the attacks on them increase in intensity? And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Wings of Tumult.
1: Chapter 1 The ship rolled and pitched as it approached the docks at Durban. Marley and James leaned on the rail of the schooner and watched as their vessel approached land. The voyage from Ireland to Africa was nearing an end. The ship sailed from Portsmouth, loaded with soldiers and a few high-ranking officers. The vessel stank of unwashed bodies and vomit. Nearly all the troops on board had been seasick. The ship made a detour to Cork to pick up the Irish brigades. Some civilians aboard accompanied the army officers. Marley learned they were journalists sent to cover the war for various magazines and newspapers. Well, Marley, it's been an eventful journey from Leicester to Ireland to Africa, James remarked. Crooked policemen and angels taking vengeance almost finished us off. Perhaps being a soldier fighting in a war in a foreign land might make a pleasant change. Humph, surely to God it can't be any worse. The steamer's siren sounded as the vessel nudged her way into the dock. Orders were shouted and soldiers lined up while the gangways were lowered. The process took a while as men, materials and horses were unloaded. It was a bustling scene as the recently formed West Cork Fusiliers disembarked. The recruits spent six weeks in a training camp. They learned to drill, fire a rifle, and become a fighting unit. Now these raw troops were in Africa to fight a war in a country about which most of them knew little or nothing. After several hours of seeming chaos, the troops were marched out into the streets of Durban. Loaded down with packs and weaponry, and weary from the ordeal of the voyage, the soldiers tramped through the dusty, stifling heat to the railway depot. From there, they were to be transported to the battle zones by train. More confusion reigned at the train depot as the troops and supplies were loaded. Finally, after what seemed an interminable wait, the train jolted, clanked, and whistled, then blew out clouds of steam and smoke before it shunted out of the station. Marley stared out the window and took note of the unfamiliar landscape as it unrolled before him, so different from the greenery of his native England and the Ireland he just came from. After those lush and pleasant lands... They were transported to a landscape dominated by browns and auburns, while in the distance, the dark, sinister shapes of hills and mountains lurked. It was late at night when the train pulled into Colenso. When they disembarked, there was the confusion of sound and disorder so distinctive of an army on the move. Thankfully, the march to the camp only took ninety minutes. The soldiers unloaded their burdens in the tents which were ready for them and queued up at the feeding stations for rations. Fox and Finnegan. Sentry duty. Sergeant Adair, a thick-set man with a magnificent mustache, which even in the fiercest heat did not droop, loomed up before them and barked his orders. No sleeping on duty. Any man I catch napping will have his back stripped with a shambock. He glared at the soldiers as he called out their names and assigned them to their various tasks. Even in the gloom, his eyes seemed ablaze. The recruits believed the sergeant could see in the dark and detect if they slacked off during their stint of guard duty. If Marley thought the night would be quiet he was in for a surprise. As he made his rounds, he listened to a veritable orchestra playing outside in the African night. Periodically, he was compelled to stand and listen as the layer of sound filtered in from the dark. At regular intervals, a nightbird played a melody. Marley wondered if it was an owl. Crickets chirped incessantly, a somewhat hypnotic sound. He also detected various cheeps and squeaks interspersed with some lighthearted twittering. Marley was fascinated and resolved to find out as much as possible about the wildlife of this new country. When he met James as they patrolled, he made the big man stop and listen to the night sounds. Just imagine prowling through this countryside and coming across the different animals and birds and insects. We would need a guide to instruct us in the nature and sounds of the various creatures. There's a whole new world waiting out there for us to explore while we are stuck in a military camp, preparing to go out and fight the people who live here. In case you weren't aware, my boy, that's what soldiers do. We're an army of occupation, and it will be our job to go out into that enthralling countryside and kill as many of the people living there as we possibly can. Did anyone ever tell you that you're a romantic? Where's your soul, man? Listen, and be transported to the world of nature. It isn't my nature to be tucked up in bed at this time of night. Fast asleep with a pint of whiskey warm in my belly, or better still... A plump female warm in my magnificent physique. Hush, what was that? Marley's keen ears heard something that did not appear to fit into the sounds of the African night. What is it? James whispered. There's something out there. Could be a lion us. I don't think so. Wild animals would keep clear of humans, especially in such large groups as we are. Just listen and keep your eyes peeled. They peered out into the gloom of the night. What time is it? It must be gone midnight. Neither of the men had a watch, so Marley had to guess at the time, something he learned to do with great accuracy during his time as a poacher. Marley Fox, the call was hissed from somewhere out in the darkness. What? Marley started. Who is it? He could see a faintly glowing figure. Come, it is I, Monker. Monker? Marley stepped forward, his rifle held at the ready. Wait, James hissed. It might be a trick. No trick. It is vital I speak with you, the voice called urgently. It is a matter of great importance. Marley walked toward the specter, wondering if it was wise to stray from the protection of the camp. As he drew closer, he saw plainly who he confronted. It looked like the same angelic creature who appeared to him in both England and Ireland. The image of the angel shimmered and wavered before him like a wraith, not at all like the solid warrior who rescued him back in Ireland. But Marley felt sure this was the same being. What is it? You saved me in the past. Have you come to protect me again? It is not you this time who is in danger. It is another. At some stage in this campaign, you will become separated from your unit. There is purpose in this, for you will be in a position to guide someone to safety. He is very important, and his loss will be a great tragedy to your nation, and in fact, to the world. In the distant future, he will play an important part in vanquishing the evil forces that work to reach such havoc upon Earth. How will I know him? He is a journalist, sent out by his paper to report on the war. He sailed in the same ship that brought you and your companion to this land. He is destined for great deeds. That is your purpose in being here in this war, and that is why such efforts were made to destroy you. Maybe it is your knowledge of woodcraft that is important. I do not know, but without your help, it is possible he might perish in the violence of this country. Marley stood in silence and pondered the strangeness of this task that brought him all the way from his home to deliver a man of such great importance to the future safety of his country. Understand this. You must not fail. He must be protected at all costs. What is his name? Before the angel could answer, there was a shout behind Marley. He swung around, rifle at the ready, What's going on there? Sergeant Adair bellowed. Fox, what are you doing out here? Marley turned back to the apparition, but his visitor vanished and he was left staring out into the African night. Coming, sir. Marley strode back to his sergeant. I thought I saw something. Did you discover anything? It was nothing, sir. I must have imagined it. Well, at least you're not sleeping on duty. Maybe we might make a soldier of you yet. Stay alert. The sergeant strode into the darkness and James moved up beside Marley. What was going on out there? It was that angel fellow who came to see me. I have to rescue someone. Somebody important. He's a journalist. Why couldn't he do the job himself? Surely an angel should be more capable of looking after someone at risk than you. I don't know why I'm needed. Anyway, if we see any journalists wandering about Lost, we have to keep them safe. Ever since I met up with you, nothing in this life makes sense. It all started when that old hag Black Annie came to me in my sleep and told me to keep you safe. Since then I've been in more danger from violent events than at any other time in my life. And that's saying something. You're not thinking of deserting me. Deserting you? Never fear. You're my pal. And James Finnegan never abandoned a pal in need. And another thing. I've never had so much fun since I teamed up with you, fighting peelers fleeing across England and Ireland, battling it out in the Earl's estate. "'Nah, I wouldn't have missed it for a brothel full of fat horse and a barrel of Guinness.' Marley smiled at his big friend. "'I owe you a lot, James. I'd never have survived all that without you.' In the gloom he could see the wide smile on his friend's face. "'What a team you and I, Marley. With your brains and my charm and good looks, we'll overcome anything they throw at us.' They both laughed as the tramp of marching feet interrupted them. It was the guard detail come to relieve them. Looks like we might get to our beds for some well needed sleep.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Wings of Tumult. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.